The following is a RackRadioShow.com exclusive. Theme song! Listen up, Slapknot. This is Jeff Jarrett. Hey, this is Trish Stratus. This is the undisputed future of WWE. Seth Rollins. Hey, this is Kane from WWE. This is TNA Superstar EC3. Hey, this is Gail Kim. This is WWE Superstar Natalia. Hi, this is Bree. And this is Nikki. And we're the Battle Twins. Yes, this is Broken, not Hardy. The greatest man that ever lived always likes a good rack. And you're listening to the greatest rack. Satisfaction is guaranteed. It's time to experience the award-winning... The Rack. I heard y'all wanted to hear a bedtime story. I love kickball. I'm back, taking souls and digging holes. In this moment in time right now, this very second, I can truly say that I have the whole damn world in my hand. With your host. They've been lying to you. Heroes don't exist. Y'all become addicted to the illusion of what a hero does for you. Have I mentioned that I was uh, once addicted to eating sponges? Lindsay Ward. Look at me, woman. And you can just call me Taker. Oh my god, it's Taker. Taker, Taker, Taker. Does Taker hate me? Oh my god, it's Taker. And she was a wicked, wicked child who spat and swore and shoot tobacco. I like puppets. And her producer, Sir Rocket. My little creatures of the night will now experience the magical art of puppetry. This right here means I'm the champ that runs the camp. Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. We're here. I knew you'd come. And this is going to be simply glorious. Howard Productions and Patio Town Inc. proudly present from the Hayworth Hotel in Los Angeles, California, it's Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And welcome to The Rack Extra right here on WildTalkRadio.com. He's Rock. I'm Lindsay. We're back. This is not Total Divas. No, no, that hasn't started yet. But we are here to talk about another kind of women's wrestling. That's right. It's taken the world by storm. It is Netflix's glow. And oh my God, we have to talk about this show. Yeah, we do. It's an amazing, amazing show produced by Netflix. Yeah, it's it's all kinds of awesome. It stars Allison Brie. It's fantastic. Guys, if you haven't. If you have not seen this show, go get you your free subscription and just binge watch it. It's it's ten episodes of just spectacular. So, and they're only thirty minute episodes, give or take. Some of them are a little bit longer, but they're not hour long episodes like a lot of the Netflix shows are. So you can watch this one super fast, which is awesome, but it sucks. At most, it's thirty seven minutes long, and it's relatively work friendly in case you have that kind of work environment that you want to watch it at work. Just be careful in the first episode that it, it that one's not safe There's, for work. That's got boobs in it. Everything else is pretty much good till about seven or eight when they do the wrestling show, and we'll we'll kind of talk about that. There's a little bit more than boobs in the first one. A little bit more. But I mean, all you all you see is boobs, but you get the point. They're having sex. You see boobs. See, I I was trying to just be gen- general. I wasn't trying to be specific. Well, if we're going to spoiler it... Spoiler alert! Let's spoiler it. 
So, all right. First of all, I have to talk about the music in the show. For those of you that do not know anything about the show, which we're a little late to the dance on this, but vacations and other shows and pay-per-views of the like have happened since this show came out. It is takes place in the 80s. It is based on the original Glow, which is the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, that was out in California and then Vegas. And it documents basically how that promotion more or less started and shows the journey of several female talents as this process occurs. It takes place in the 80s in LA. It's fantastic. I love it. The music is to die for in this show. It's an 80s smorgasbord. A little bit of that. 80s, 70s, 60s, there's everything. Yeah, I mean, whoever picked the music for this was really, really, really on point. They did a nice job with it. The costumes are awesome. The sets are spectacular. Like, they, they did everything right. It's along the lines of Stranger Things in terms of the, it's period, and they did the period right. There's only a couple moments where they had modern-day stuff, and you can see they had modern-day stuff in it because they couldn't find an equivalent, but it's like, you don't even care. You really don't, you really don't even notice. Yeah, you really don't even notice. It's just I'm a nitpicker for that kind of stuff. So it's like I notice that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's for the most part, all of it is just spot on. It's perfect from the music to the costumes to the sets to just the language, all of it. To even really the feel and the the writing of it, because it really captures that sort of naive, naivete for the 80s. Mm-hmm. where it's like people were still very trusting and it was a completely different time than what it is now. And you compare it to now and it's like, wow, you guys are really just very trusting, weren't you? Yeah, they were. See, the one thing that surprised me about it, just from you know the production standpoint, it's not an HD program. When you go Netflix HD, that should be standard. It was like, wait, no. No, it's 480. It's, it's not 720 or 1080. It was like, oh. No, they shot it like it was an 80s show. Which was which was great, and it works. It was just, it was just caught me off you know, by surprise. It was like, all right, instead of watching a computer on Netflix, I'm going to put it on the big TV and see everything. It's like, oh, okay. We're going in that direction. Which is cool. It makes for... It. It makes for, I guess the best phrase, a grittier show? It makes for a grittier show. It adds to the feel of it, where it makes it feel much more legit. I mean, honestly, you really don't notice the difference, especially if you're watching it on a smaller screen. But yeah, if you blow it up on the TV, you definitely notice. But if you're watching it on a computer, it's not as as bad. No, you don't notice it on a computer. So it's like, it's really... I just like it. Oh, yeah. I mean... It's just amazing. So, as I pull it up. So, as I mentioned, the show stars Allison Brie. It also has Betty Gilpin, Sindel Noel, Brittany Young, and Mark Marion. Or Marin. Mark Marin. He's amazing in this in this series. Oh, my Jesus. I love him. Like, you start off hating him, and by the end, you're like, I love him. And he and um, he and Allison Brie are totally going to hook up. We, we kind of forecast that's going to happen if they get a season two. It just. I, I, it feels I pray like to God it. it gets a season two. It just feels like it. But he does a really great job. He comes in as that slimy director, and then you sort of, as, a, as it goes on, he sort of grows a heart, kind of. I don't know if he grows a heart, but you see that he's not just this stereotype, because that's what the show does, is it it, po- it pokes fun at wrestling, and, you know, and it completely breaks the fourth wall about wrestling stereotypes. Mm-hmm. You know, and pretty much everybody in the cast is like a stereotype to a certain degree. And then when they do their wrestling characters, then it's... They, they layer on the stereotypes and they poke fun of it and they have, you know, show some of the girls struggling with a little bit with the idea of being that stereotype. 
Right. Or it's like, there's a point where they're all laying by the pool, and the girl that's playing... Oh, crap. What was her name? Um, I'm looking at the cast. Hold on. Anyway, the girl that plays Fortune Cookie is, like, poking... Basically says, you know, but yeah, you want me, you know, darker and to do more kung fu. And Sam turns around and looks at her and goes, you got something to say? Ellen Wong. Ellen Wong. There we go. I was trying to find her, and it's like... There she is, scrolling too fast. But yeah, she's like, so... And then there's the girl that plays Beirut. And this takes place when Beirut was hijacked. When the plane in Beirut was hijacked. (laughs) And they're all sitting there watching it. And she's like, oh my god, what the hell? Beirut, the mad bomber. Yeah. Yeah. They went there. But the cast, just to kind of go over who plays who, Alison Brie plays Ruth, a.k.a. Zoya the Destroyer. Can 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 we stop right there for a second? Hmm. Her range and all the different characters she tried throughout the, the, the series was amazing. Oh my god, she was awesome. She tried so many different accents and the, it, it shows the, how she evolves the character and what she was willing to do to evolve the character. Like, the, was it the manager of the motel? She went to a party with him. Yeah. Just to get down, like, how the accent and everything like that. It was, yeah. So just, like, like you said, so Ruth Wilder, aka Zoe the Destroyer, who is Allison Brie, she is a actress, a failing actress in Hollywood, um, and she's a method actress, and she's classically trained, and she can do all these accents and everything like that, and so she's. It opens with her at a casting call, and she's yearning for a bigger part, right? So she reads the man's part intentionally, and then she goes back and reads the woman's part, and she corners the casting agent in the bathroom. And it's basically like, look, I just want something. And the casting agent's like, okay, I may have something. I'll call you about it. And so she calls her about the wrestling show. And she goes and auditions for it. And that's how this all kind of starts. And her best friend at the start of the series is Betty Gilpin, a.k.a. Debbie Egan, who is also Liberty Bell as a wrestler. And what ends up happening is Ruth sleeps with Debbie's husband, which, of course, leads to their friendship imploding, Debbie's life imploding, and pretty much the crux of her of Ruth and Debbie's whole story in the series of them trying to work through this humongous awkwardness where Ruth has banged Debbie's husband and Debbie's just trying to sort it all out. Because, you know, it's like, what do you do when your best friend does that to you? Right. And it's such an interesting dynamic because they show them as really best friends in the beginning and it's like, that quickly changes and throughout the series it's like you can just feel the tension between the two and then it slowly dissipates but not really it's kind of settles into this awkwardness between the two where yeah it's like there's this they have these really more normal moments together where you see that friendship come back and then they then Debbie stops herself because she's like, no, wait a minute. I'm supposed to hate you because of what you did to me. Like Ruth feels genuinely bad about it, but Debbie doesn't care because she's just like, she shows up after she finds out and just beats the crap out of Ruth. And that's what leads to Sam convincing Debbie to become a wrestler and become the star of glow is that whole incident. And he sees the money in Ruth and Debbie, that whole story. But instead of it being Ruth and Debbie, it's Zoya and Liberty USA versus Russia, because this is the 80s, the Cold War, y'all. But here's the thing. It's the 80s, but what's what's coming up right now uh, for WWE? We have a flag match, uh, USA versus Bulgaria. There you go. Just saying. It never, there you it, go. It really never changes. 
No. Other cast members are Sindel Noel, who is Cherry Junk Chain Bang. She's one of the people that makes this show. Holy crap, she's awesome. I love her. Brittany Young as Carmen Wade, a.k.a. Machu Picchu. She's got an interesting story, and she's got an interesting tie-in. One, she's adorable. She's absolutely adorable. I love her so much. But she's actually a second-generation wrestler which they tie in and her dad is a famous eighties wrestler, but her brothers, <laughs> and these are the first cameo or not the first cameos, but some of the first cameos we see in the series because they do actually have legit wrestlers throughout this show. Her brothers are played by Brodus Clay and Carlito. You look at Carlito in the show and you look at his hair and you're looking for the big Afro. No, no big Afro. Kind of looks like a mushroom now. He does look like a mushroom now. But he got thick, man. Yeah, he did. When, when did that happen? Well, how long has he not been on television? And I'm not saying thick in a bad way. I'm saying thick in a good way. He is jacked up. Like, jacked all to hell now. It's like, damn, son. I mean, when we saw him, he was very young, and he was just growing into himself. Now he's, you know... He's filled it, out. He's filled out in his 30s, so... He's filled out a lot. Side note, there's a moment where they go to Carmen's house. <laughs> Debbie and Ruth go to Carmen's house to learn how to be wrestlers to train with... They're called the Lumberjacksons with Carmen's brothers, and Carlito walks out with an apple in his hand. I had to stop myself from screaming because I was like, oh my god, they did the apple thing. Well, of course, they gotta do the apple thing. And them going to her, her to them is based off because um, Debbie went to a wrestling match. And yes. that's where she's sort of, okay, I, I, I like this. I want to, I want to do what he does. Um, Steel Horse, which was played by Alex Riley. I want to be him. I want to do all the moves like him. I don't oh, want to, no. I don't want to do like the headlocks and everything. I want to do big moves. Well, what she realizes because she's a soap actress is wrestling is a soap opera. Yeah. That's what she realizes. And she's like, oh shit, I can do this. I could totally do this. And then she wants, then she goes backstage and meets Steel Horse and completely and utterly bangs Steel Horse, which respect. And side note, Steel Horse's opponent is Joey Ryan, aka Mr. Monopoly. And then when they get to the wrestling matches, well, our favorite guests, Kaz and Daniels, are beating the crap out of each other. Just saying. It was awesome. Also, Joe, Joey Ryan's wife was, was there as well. Was she, she, was she the manager? Mm hmm. She played the valet, yeah. His valet. Ah, okay. As we mentioned, Mark Marin is Sam Sylvia, who is awesome. Jackie Tone plays Melanie Rosen, aka Melrose. She helps make this show. She's a great character in the show. It's like she had that face, like you you've known her and she's like been in everything, but she really hasn't. Yeah. She has that face. But she's really good in it. Like she <laughs> She's that good comic relief character. She is that good comic relief character. I like that she just had, you know, to keep up appearances, she had this big stretch limo that she would drive. Yeah. Kate Nash plays Rodney Rhonda Richardson, a.k.a. Britannica. Britt Barron play is uh, Justine Victoria Biaggi, a.k.a. Scab. Chris Lowell as Bash, a.k.a. Sebastian Howard. Oh, my God. I love Bash. Bash is the producer money guy. He's this rich trust fund baby. He's related to the Howard family who own hotels and canner canning and like all this other stuff. And so he's funding this project because he loves wrestling. He has a robot with drugs in it. It's kind of awesome. It's the only kind of robot to have? I, I'm telling you, man, it's the 80s. And he has a really good art, too. Yeah, yeah, he does. 
Like, he starts as kind of superficial, and where he ends up is really good, and the story that they tell between him and Carmen is really cute. Like, they have a really sweet story together. Yes, they do. Bashir Sulahuddin is Keith Bang, a.k.a. Cherry's husband. He's awesome. He's not in it enough, but he's awesome. Rich Summer as Mark Egan. Kimberly Gatewood is... Well, you need to explain who he is. He's Debbie's husband. Yeah, he's Debbie's husband. We're just gonna skip over him. Oh, okay. Well, no. I, I mean, here's the thing. Debbie's husband is kind of sort of the crux for her doing all this because he's this well-to-do, yuppie, you know, plays that nice guy, but it's really kind of a dick character. Mm -hmm. And so there's, at the very end of the show, they're at the wrestling show and she's watching all the girls as, you know, they're filming Glow for the first time and everything. And he, he wants to leave and he goes, you know, and she's like, well, no, I want to stay. I want to watch it because the whole setup is, is again, spoilers, is she's in the rest, she's in the main event and she's going to come out of the crowd in the main event. And he's like, well, you know, let's leave because this is stupid and everything. And she's like, well, that's what you said about the soap I was on, which was called Paradise Cove. And she realized that he, that, you know, he's a jerk. And when she gets up to do the match, she looks at him and goes, if you think this is stupid, you can leave. And she just walks off to go do the match. It's like, yes, get it, girl. And he just kind of sits there like, okay, fine, be that way. I'll stay. But he's not happy about it. But yeah, he, he plays that, he tries to play that nice guy, but you can just tell he's really kind of a dick. And you want to punch him in the face by the end. Okay, we have to talk about the next two. Kimberly Gatewood and Rebecca Johnson play Stacy and Dawn, respectively, but they're Edna and Ethel Rosenblatt, a.k.a. What is it? The, it's something, the, the something biddies. The Bashdown biddies, I think. I don't know. Anyway, they're hilarious. They're they're the other, the other not, semi-not-okay moment in this show, because basically Cherry and... Uh, Tammy, who we'll get to, convince these two women to dress up as KK members where Cherry and Welfare Queen then come out and beat the crap out of them. It's, it sounds terrible, but it's, a, it's an absolutely hilarious moment. It is a hilarious moment, but it is, um, it's awkward. It's really awkward when they first come out because I was sitting there watching it at work and I was like, oh crap. Okay. All right. Minimize this just a little bit so that way, you know, people don't see this and wonder what I'm watching because, it's like, oh, crap. But then Cherry came out and beat the crap out of him. So. Are they the beatdown biddies? Yeah, I think it's the beatdown biddies. I think that's what it is. I know it's the something biddies. I just forget what the adjective is. The beatdown biddies, yeah. Yeah. I had to so, do some Googling on that one, yeah. Sunita Mani is Arthi Prakumar. I hope I said that right. I'm sorry. And she plays Baruth the Mad Bomber. She's cute. She doesn't really have a lot of story, but basically her grandma is a wrestling fan, and so she knows what wrestling is. Kia Stevens, a.k.a. Awesome Kong, one of the first cameos in the show, plays Tammy Dawson, the welfare queen. She's great in the show. I love her in this show. Although I'm not going to lie, I was sitting there watching the finale, like the final episode, and I'm like, hit the implant buster! Do it! It's like, come on! <laughs> Do it! Just do it. Just do it. She didn't know. But yeah, she is fantastic in this show. Gail Rankin is Sheila the She-Wolf. She is an interesting character. Ellen Wong, as we always mentioned, is Jenny Che, a.k.a. Fortune Cookie. Marina Palka is Reggie Walsh, Vicky the Viking. She's just kind of there. Yeah, but um, the She-Wolf was an underrated character in the show. I should mention that. I want to know more about her. Mm -hmm. So just to set up who Sheila is, Sheila is this goth chick, basically, that dresses like a wolf. She thinks she's a wolf. 
So she wears this horrible wig that's got kind of ears teased up into it. And she wears fur and everything like that. And she thinks she's a wolf. And what's really nice about this story is she's, yeah, she's a little weird. She's a little out there. But the girls accept her Mm -hmm. for who she is. And they're very welcoming of her. Even if they don't understand it, they're very tolerant and very welcoming of her. And they actually all end up supporting her and really supporting each other. That's the beautiful thing about this show, is they're all supportive of each other. It sends a wonderful message that, hey, we all might be different, but in the end, we're all in this together, and we're all going to do this together. Yeah. You could see that they all want to backstab each other, but they know they have to work together at the same time. So they all just figure it out. Mm -hmm. It's like Originally, it's like... I, I want the better position, so I'm going to backstab you. But it's like, no, we, we're all in this together. we got to make this all work. Yeah. So that's the cast, more or less, minus a few supporting characters. But yeah, the cast is outstanding. They found a really great group of girls and guys to work with. The writing is awesome. But I love how they build the story. And they just tell the story. And there's a lot of moments in this that are just really real and raw. Like, again, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, sorry. There's actually a moment where Ruth ends up pregnant by Debbie's husband and makes the choice to basically go get an abortion. And what's a beautiful moment about it is they're very real about what it is. They don't do this, or I shouldn't say beautiful. Beautiful is not the right term for it because it's it's not a happy moment. It's not necessarily a good moment. But what it is is it's a real moment where it shows what it is what it really is. There was no trying to make this a happy ending type thing. This is just, this is the way it is. Straightforward. She's going to do it. And it's not a, they're not treating it like this is a bad decision like you see in a lot of movies. This is the decision. Yeah, yeah, they don't treat it as this horrible thing. They don't treat it like, you know, gnashing of teeth and clawing at chest and crying and tears and everything like that. It's a very real moment where Ruth gets pregnant. She doesn't want the baby. She doesn't want to have the baby. And so she makes the decision to go have an abortion. And what the beautiful part comes into it is she calls Sam because she doesn't have anybody else to call and she has to have somebody to take her and she has to tell somebody. So she calls Sam and Sam comes and gets her and takes her to the clinic. And as she's checking in, the woman says to Sam, oh, well, you know, your gr- make basically calls her his girlfriend, which happens w- one other time in the show when they're looking at a theater and they're like, oh, well, we're not dating. And then when he goes with her to the clinic, they basically call her his girlfriend. And he goes, oh, no, no, that's a common mistake. She's my wife. Which, you know, their, their bonding sort of is why we think they're going to hook up later on down the road. Well, they're good together. They they're are. really good together. Yeah, they are. And he sort of is like, you know, and basically covers for her where he's like, yeah, it just wasn't the right time. And, you know, yada, 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 and makes the process less judgmental. And that's the thing was there was really no judgment of it. Like, you know, oh, you're doing this horrible, terrible thing. No, that's not what it is. Is it's She makes a decision and she's dealing with it as best she can. And she's doing the thing and they move forward from there. And he supports her in that decision. Like, I love that about this, that it was just, it's this very real moment. It is what it is. And whatever your personal beliefs are on it, right, which don't come into play here, it's just, it it's a raw moment that shows you what it is in reality. It was, because not, it was not sugar-coated. It was not sugar-coated. And it's not a terrible scene. It shows this is exactly what it is, which is a medical procedure. Exactly. So it's like, I and it, I didn't see it coming. I didn't expect it coming at all. It's like they she finds out she's pregnant, and then it's like, okay, well, how are they going to work this into the story? And then you see how they work it into the story, and it's like she goes and gets it done. I was like, oh, oh, okay, all right, yeah, cool. I did like 
how, like, the nervousness she had, like, trying to take the test, going to take the test, like, you know. The apprehension, yeah. Yeah, she's really, Alison Brie, again, really good. Yeah, Alison Brie is one of the ones that absolutely makes this show. Like, they keep talking about how the girl that played Debbie is the breakout star. I don't think she's necessarily the breakout star. I think Alison Brie is as well, because she, but she does it in a more quiet way, because she really does demonstrate this range with Ruth, where she starts out as this sort of mousy, quiet, failing actress. And Ruth goes on this journey where, in the end, she's confident. She becomes basically Zoya the Destroyer. And through Zoya, she finds confidence in herself to be able to not only to be a wrestler, but to also run the show and to book the show and do other things with it. And I really like that. I mean, I like how in the end of the show, all the girls find their way and they all find their confidence. Mm-hmm. And they there's, there's a really nice conclusion to all the stories in the show. They don't leave really any loose ends or anything hanging. You know, it's like Carmen. You know, again, she's a second generation wrestler and she goes out there for her first match and she runs away because she's scared. And when they go to shoot TV, she's going to run away and then her dad's there and her dad starts cheering her on. And that gives her the motivation to get in the, to do the match and win the match. Because the big thing was that she gave all this up because, and her family didn't want her doing it. Yeah, her father, the first time we see the Lumberjacksons and her dad, they're coming to get her. We're basically like, no, my daughter's not going to do this. You're not going to be a wrestler. Women's wrestling isn't respected. You're going to be a shy sideshow. No. And he tries to take her away because he wants her to get married. And so she and Bash basically try to pretend that they're dating. And the dad's like, yeah, y'all suck at lying. And the brothers end up leaving her there because, or the dad and the brothers end up leaving her there, which causes a rift in her family because she wants to stay and do it. And so in the end, her father comes, you know, shows up and supports her and supports her decision, which is a really nice thing. Oh, yeah. Very, very nice. Like, it had a happy ending, but it wasn't that super saccharine sweet happy ending. It was, you know, Debbie and, Debbie and Ruth are still kind of at odds, but there's an awkward, friendship that's forming back where the rift is starting to heal but it's not there you know you have everybody find their way in wrestling you have you have them figure it out which is awesome but another thing we need to talk about is the actual wrestling in this show because i have to give the prop to all the actresses because they basically took them through wrestling boot camp and they taught them how to do basic moves and all the moves that they were going to do in the show. So they taught them how to bump. They taught them how to do the headlocks. They taught uh, the chick that played Debbie how to do the crossbody off the top rope. Talk about that moment from the when it, as it was done in the show. Okay, so they do this training montage with Carlito and Brodus, where Ruth and Debbie and Carmen go over to see the Lumberjacksons. And Ruth and Debbie basically don't like how their match is being booked out by Cherry. So they decide, well, hey, we're going to learn some fancier moves because we're in the main event. We're the stars. We should put on a really good match. So the Lumberjacksons start showing them moves on what to do. And they do the cross body. And Debbie's like, I want to do that. I want to learn how to do that. So they start showing them her learning how to do the cross body off the second rope. It starts from really, really awful awkwardness trying to come off the rope at the beginning, which is hysterical. But it should be like that. Like, she shouldn't get it on the first try. Like, it actually showed them basically, okay, all right, we're going to teach you how to wrestle. And it's like the reactions from Carlito and Brodus were epic because you can literally sit them sitting there like, no, no, that, no, oh, oh God. Oh, that was a fail. 
Mm-hmm. Like, there's at one point where Allison Brie asks, so, so what do I do? And, he, and Carly is just like, you just kind of grab her and fall backwards. I mean, that's so technical terms right there. <laughs> I mean, I feel like a lot of the training montage was staged, but some of the reactions are really genuine. Like, Carlito does the um, crossbody to Allison Brie, and she, like, pops up off the mat, and she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. That was, that was good. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And let's see, when she, they're doing the um the shot in the turnbuckle where she's basically slamming Debbie's head into the turnbuckle, you know, Brodus is like, oh, you know, do something, you know, scream or something. And so she screams. He's like, yeah, that was good. That was scary a little bit. And then she does it again. He's like, all right, all right, dial it back, dial it back. Like, you could just tell they were they were having fun with this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, without question. I would be curious to know how much of that was staged versus how much of that was improvised. Because it was just, I love that training montage. I think it's so good. And you see them obviously start not knowing how to do it, and then it ends with them being able to wrestle. Right. And being able to put on a, a good match, and then th- in the finale of the show, Debbie does the crossbody off the top rope, and she hits it perfectly. Because there was a scene a couple episodes before that, she was ready to do that spot, and then she bailed out of it because her husband showed up. I was like... Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, it's, yeah. It, the show overall was it's really good. We forgot to mention John Morrison in the first episode. Oh my god, yes. John Morrison. The sack. The sack. He's the sack. I love it. Yeah, I mean, just the wrestling cameos alone, you just, it's like, oh my god, there's that person. It's like Brooke Hogan's in it. Yeah. She's the real estate agent for the theater they go to look at. The, the nightclub manager, yeah. I mean, it's like just all the cameos in it, the, all the wrestling references in it, you know, you just... And again, you see them pay justice to wrestling. Because I think they really actually do show, at least in my opinion, what wrestling actually is. They don't show how it's booked. They don't show any of that stuff. But it's like in terms of characterization and moves and learning how to wrestle and all this other stuff. They show how that's done. And they do it in a respectful way. But they also kind of poke a little fun with it. Because there's a lot of fourth wall breaks in terms of wrestling. Yeah. Where it's like they take it seriously, but it's not serious. You know? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Because there's a point where Melrose and um, Cherry are arguing about wrestling and, you know, like, basically why Cherry's a trainer. And she's like, well, I'm a stunt woman and I don't know how to make this stuff look real. And Melrose is like, well, it's not real, it's fake. And so Cherry's like, all right, I'll show you how fake it is. And they set to do, quote, unquote, battle. And Cherry puts her in a sleeper hold and puts her down and goes, that's lunch. Right. And it's like, awesome, awesome. And also it shows the girls struggling with their characters because it's like Kia Stevens' character, for example. She plays a wo- she plays a welfare queen where basically her character is on welfare and she gets so much money from the government, she's living like a queen. You know, it's a relatively straightforward character, but she goes the same at one point. And she's like, well, I'm worried about the character. I'm worried about it being offensive. I, you know, I'm worried that people are going to judge me for it because she's like, you know, I have two sons at Stanford and I don't want them to think bad of me because of this character. Yeah. You see the girl that plays Beirut struggle with playing Beirut, you know, who is Lebanese and she's actually Hindi. Um, what you see throughout the whole entire thing is a struggle for, for all them all. Mm-hmm. But what, what comes of it is you see the growth and how they sort of become these people. They actually, you actually see them become their characters and they how they get into character. And it's a great evolution from where they start and where they finish. Yeah. Especially on the finale, the, the season finale episode where it's like they're getting their first, the first big show. And the costumes are just awesome in that show. I love the costumes and the hair and the makeup and all of it. It's just so on point. So, so very 80s. 
it was so very 80s, but it was done in a very modern sort of way. Especially with the hair and the makeup. Mm-hmm. You can tell it was done in a more modern way. So it was it was tribute to the 80s, but it wasn't exactly 80s. But yeah, I, mean, I, I hope to God this show gets at least a second season because I enjoyed the hell out of this. I, you know, it's another... Ode to women's wrestling, which I am 100% on board with because now women's wrestling is becoming mainstream, clearly. And we should also talk about the ode to Bailey and Sasha in this show. Go for and it. And really women wrestlers everywhere because if you watch the opening credits, they show the Bailey to Belly from TakeOver between Bailey and Sasha in the credits. But I think they've also got May and Mula in there. Um, I want to say there's a couple other moments in there, too, where it's like there are very iconic, recognizable moments from wrestling in the opening credits that you see. Mm-hmm. You had stuff from Hulk Hogan, Flair, Gorgeous George. You saw fo- different footage in, in throughout the show. But yeah. So, I enjoyed the hell out of it, obviously. Rock did, too. Yeah, it was a great show. It's, here's the thing. It's a very easy show to watch. Yeah. Like... You can... Okay, Netflix is all about binge-watching. This is a very easy show to binge-watch. You can get it done in a day or two. It's that easy. I It took me three days to watch it. That's it. And I could have probably did it in one if I didn't have other things to do. That's how easy the show is to watch. Yeah, I mean, you just sit there and you let it go. And it's a fluent, concurrent story from episode to episode to episode. So it flows really, really nicely. And it has those heavier moments, but it has a lot of lighter moments, too. It's really perfectly balanced emotionally. So it's like you get that kick to the feels, and then it goes into a lighter moment to sort of help you recover from that. It's not like kick to the feels, kick to the feels, kick to the feels, kind of good moment, kick to the feels. It's not like shows like that where it's it's it gets hard to watch after a while or it's draining to watch, you know? This is it's it's really really nice to watch. You want to see the different combination of that? It goes back to the, the stuff about the pregnancy test and stuff. Because on the flip side of that, for uh, the She-Wolf character, it was her birthday. So they were all, the, all the girls were going out and she, She-Wolf would only go if um, Ruth, Ruth, would go. Ruth would go. So it's like, you, you want to talk about serious and not so serious, it's like, here's a, here's a serious moment that she's trying to struggle with, trying to take this pregnancy test, waiting for it to, to um, give her the result. And then everyone else is all cheery and everything for the party. It's like, it's, it's that, you know, I don't, I don't know the exact phrase, but it's like nice counterbalance to, to it all. And then she finds out she's pregnant and it's like, oh, hey, we're going skating now. So she's trying to deal with the fact that she's pregnant while at this birthday party for Sheila. Right. It was all happening at one moment. It's like, yeah. And you see her being completely overwhelmed by it and trying to be okay with it and trying not to show her feelings and everything like that and just doing a really great job. Like I said, Alison Brie kind of makes this show. She really really does, because she just does such a wonderful job with Ruth. She is the most likable yet hateable character on the show. She is. She really, really is. It's like, Debbie, you kind of like Debbie, but you also, it's like, yeah, okay, you just kind of need to get over stuff after a while. But Debbie does a great job of playing that betrayed friend, betrayed wife, all of that. She's like, she does it really, really well, and it shows her growth and her change from being, you know, mild-mannered housewife to professional wrestler, and Debbie finding her way back. Pretty much, yeah. That, that's sort of how it goes. And every time I would see her in the show, she would look different, and she would appear different, and you just... You saw her growth throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this yeah. Is, was a great series. It was, again, easy to watch. We recommend it highly. Go out and watch it. Go get your 30-day free trial on Netflix or whatever. If you have Netflix, go and watch it. Put it on top of your priority list and just do it. 
Yeah, even if you're not a wrestling fan, go watch it. Just just go watch it because it's it's about wrestling, but it's not all wrestling. That's the thing. I just it's it's really enjoyable. Just go watch it. That's all I'm going to say. Go get your free child. Go go queue up Netflix. Just put it on. Watch it. Very easy to binge watch it. It's only 10 episodes. And like I said, the episodes are only a half hour long. That's it. They flow. You don't even realize, oh, it's been a half hour already? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like one flows right into the other. So it's really, really easy to watch. And it always leaves you wanting more. Yes. Which is I why you have to, two. which is why you have to keep watching and watching and watching because it gives you, it's like, here's the ending. It's like, I, I, I want to see what happens next. So, okay, let's, we'll just, I'll watch one more. Okay, I'll watch one more. That's it. And then you just keep going and going through all 10 episodes. Yeah. And then you sit there and like, damn it, I want a season two now. And when you watch the final episode, watch all the way to the end. Like, past the credits, because there's actually a post-credit scene. Mm-hmm. So, watch all the way to the very, very end to see the post-credit scene. But I think that does it for us. What do you think? I said that does it for us, yeah. Alrighty, well, we're going to get up on out of here. You've been listening to the Rack Extra Glow Edition right here on BallTalkRadio.com, and you can tune in to the regular Rack Thursday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern on WildTalkRadio.com every week. We're here, rain or shine, vacation or not. And look forward to more additional Rack Extras from Total Deals, Total Bellas, and maybe a little more women's wrestling in general later this summer. Young classic. Um, yeah, maybe we're looking into it. We'll let you know. But yeah, till then, he's Rock. I'm Lindsay. This has been the Rack Extra, and we'll see you when you see ya. Bye.